My name is Erica Hampton. And my name is Mike Ames. You are listening to audio recording 007 from the Bureau of Creative Works. A short film experiment premiering an audience-funded original short film by a new independent filmmaker each month. This podcast will document in real time the cultural and conversational shift around short films and the people behind them. So last we left off was with our podcast about our first Bureau short film to premiere, That Party That One Night. Now we're really excited to share with you Sleep Tight by Ani Simon-Kennedy and Kaylin Yatsko, collectively known as Bicephaly Pictures. I personally was really excited when Ani told us that they wanted to do a horror short because I feel like they have really embraced exactly what we want the Bureau to be, and that is to take this small grant and really experiment and do something that you wouldn't do otherwise. And that's exactly what they've done. This is their first attempt at horror. It was really exciting to be a part of that and, and, and know that this was the first time that they used the black magic camera and, and how they pulled their friends together and their resources together and, and shot this in a day. Ani was the very first person. She had flown out to L.A. for a short weekend. And Eric and I had been thinking about the idea of the Bureau. It hasn't changed much since our initial sort of sketches of how it would work and what it would be and what its purpose was. But we hadn't talked to anybody about it yet. And we met Ani in Santa Monica and sort of nervously started to open up about this idea that we had. And and she was very supportive and very excited about the idea and sort of... It's she all really, Ani's fault. It's all Ani's fault. <laughs> But she was really excited about it and said that she was totally in. Her and Kaylin are, I view them as pretty not afraid of excited it. or not afraid. Or yeah. It doesn't even phase them that their first attempt at a feature film ever is uh, a feature film that has no dialogue. Uh, it's all driven by an original score that they collaborated with uh, a band to make uh, specifically for the film. And it's beautiful. Yeah, it's a beautiful, strange coming-of-age story that I think a lot of filmmakers would be way too freaked out to... Even attempt. <laughs> and they were just like, no, that would, that's great, let's do it. And I like that they are not afraid to take leaps, which they did with this film. They leapt into, like Erica just mentioned, they leapt into the horror genre for the first time. Annie and Kaylin are lovely, and Oakley is lovely as always, and uh, enjoy. I'm Oakley Anderson Moore, and I am a filmmaker with Bureau of Creative Works, and I'm so excited today to be sitting down with Ani Simon-Kennedy and Kaylin Yatsko, who just had the second film for Bureau of Creative Works premiere. It's called Sleep Tight. So can you guys go ahead and introduce yourself, because here we are, three ladies on this podcast, so that people listening in will know who is who. Introduce yourself and, and tell us like what you did, what you know, what know, your role on Sleep Tight was. So I'm Ani Simon-Kennedy. I was one of the writers and the director. And I'm Kaylin Yatsko, and I also helped write this script. That doesn't often happen, but helped on this one. And I was the DP on the project. So the first film, we, we talked to Melissa Fitzsimmons, the first film that premiered on the Bureau's very angsty, performance-driven piece is great. This is in a completely different direction. So sleep tight. We have entered into the territory of horror. Is it fair to call this horror? Yeah, which was a new direction for us too. The first thing I want to ask you, this is a, it's a very broad question, but let's tackle this right away. So what is it that makes a film scary? So we have one answer to that and it is sound, which is like, I guess the 
the less conceptual answer to that one. It's not like what what scares like people as a people, but I think as a film, like what makes it scary is the sound design and the music or lack of sound, how much people want to lean in and then are confronted with more sound than they wanted. Like that's sort of highs and lows of it that makes a film scary because if you turn off the sound, it becomes suddenly way less way less scary and easier to watch. Did this fit into when you guys were writing the script? And I know you said that you wrote the script together, which is kind of rare. So how did thinking about sound fit into the script? Or was that something that happened more in the editing process? So we actually wrote the script with our lead actress, Lily Cooper. And the three of us were just kind of trying to figure out, originally, the scare factor was, how do you make a short that is scary using really limited resources? Like, we knew that we had the boys, and we wanted Lily to act in it. and our favorite scary movie of all time is Rosemary's Baby. And we were just like, what, how can you make an apartment creepy? And kids are just like inherently terrifying. So you're like, how, like what was the like scariest thing we could come up with knowing that we didn't want to use special effects, we didn't want to do any sort of, you know, we had limited resources. The music, you know, the specific score and the sound design came once we had edited. So we didn't talk about that as much as we were writing the story. Yeah, I think we wanted to kind of see how it played out visually first and then see what sound sort of fit it. And then we looked back through other horror films and gave sort of references to our composer, Greg Thomas, who was awesome. And our sound designer, yeah, sound Jared designer. Arnold. These guys, they really pulled it out for us. And so that kind of came about in post. You know, when you were scripting it, since a lot of that sound came out in post, how did you describe to each other the visuals? And this is especially interesting because you guys are a collaboration and you've worked together before in capacity of director and DP. So once you had the script, before you got to the sound, what was the process that you decided the visuals? And Kaylin and I met in film school. We went to Prague Film School together and we had this cinematography teacher who would always talk about the atmosphere. And it's like a Czech, like old school Czech cinematographer. <laughs> He's the best. But that, that really, um, that's always stuck with us. But I think in this one specifically, we were just like, you know, so much of a horror film is about the atmosphere and through the visuals. And, you know, we knew that this, the whole short takes place at night. And we have these great kids. How do you show an environment that goes from like, you know, super comforting and normal, like you're just getting tucked in for bedtime, to all of a sudden like this radical shift of like, oh my God, this terrifying monster is in the room. And we played a lot with lighting for that. I think we wanted to sort of use the like colored lighting to make it a little more ominous and sort of abnormal feeling visually. And coming from the like warm, when the lights are on and mom's there and it's safe, going to that sort of cold, dark palette. And Kaylin did a lot of extensive nightlight research on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had to find the perfect nightlight. We used a lot of practicals and we just sort of swapped out the bulbs that were in the room and turned lights off and sort of supplemented it that way to keep it really simple. And because we were all jammed into one tiny kid's room, we needed to keep it not intimidating for these kids who hadn't acted before. They'd never acted, right? So we wanted to make it a non-threatening atmosphere for them also with like <laughs> too much gear in their faces. 
You mentioned that your lead actress also helped you guys write the script. What was your collaboration with her? Have you worked with her before? And what was your process with actors in general? Lily was also in Prague Film School with us, and she is a renowned Broadway actress. She was in the original cast of Spring Awakening, and she's immensely talented. We love her. We love working with her. She's just mind-blowing. We had her hum at the beginning because she's an amazing voice, and we were like, well, at least we can get a little humming in there. People can tell. (laughs) You've got the chops. Yeah, I mean, she's really one so of So that's her humming people. at the beginning yeah. with the lullaby? Ah, oh, no kidding. Yes. That's all her. She was touring as, she was the understudy for Elphaba in, in Wicked, mm-hmm. so she was gone for a long time. This was such a great excuse for us to hang out with her. Get to work back. together again, finally. And so Austin and Aiden are her... Godsons. Godsons. And we had, we did a commercial for Paperless Post a while ago, and they were in that, and they killed it. They were awesome. So we really wanted to work with them again. And yeah, it was great. It was a family affair. So interesting, you know, I mean, the, so the film it's, takes place in a boy's bedroom. And like you're just mentioning, seems like so much of this horror aspect is taking familiar things and making them strange. Is that an integral part of like the scary experience, taking like normal things and planting irrational fears? Or is that just the nature of scariness? And, What is happening psychologically in the human brain? Tell us. (laughs) I mean, I feel like that's like the classic horror concept is the the uncanny, like that thing that's like very familiar, but then off just enough that your brain kind of just like fires in a weird way and and it, it like sends this sort of creepy feeling down your spine. And I feel like any, like that could have been any kid's bedroom, these poor kids, that was their actual bedroom. So hopefully after watching the film, it did not connect too realistically. To their their usual nighttime routine but but yeah it's that sort of like things that are slightly off always become more scary than seeing like a scary monster just like out in the open and we talked a lot about the fact that we so neither one of us are huge horror fans but we love they're like a like some of our favorite movies do have this kind of psychological fear element it's, it's like those kind of two strains of horror. One is like the gore in your face. You're just like seeing it all. Or the more subtle type of horror, which is leaving it to the audience's imagination. And that's always been something that we've been super drawn to. So it was fun to have a little canvas to experiment on that with. Yeah, I like that. So it's like you know, the, the more subtle leave to your imagination. It's like using people's imagination to create the scariness. And when you guys talk about sound, I mean, the role of sound is in conjunction with the image in the sense that drawing to the mind what you can't see and what you can hear. I mean, whether that's the music cue is that she's opening the closet door. And I think ultimately the audience's imagination will always be a thousand times scarier than anything that you could show them physically. So like, mm-hmm. let them do the work. Like, it'll make your short better for it. It's interesting because I noticed, you know, with the visuals in Sleep Tight, there's also sort of a lot of close-ups. You know, there's the close-up of the mother flipping a switch or the close-up of a thing on the table. Did that choice play into, you know, how did that fit into the whole thing? We wanted to not use any wides if possible. We ended up using one because we needed to establish that there were two kids in a bunk bed (laughs) that were identical so we had to do that you're like damn it keep cutting to them and it's not doing what it's i know we were like we'll really confuse people if it's all (laughs) close-ups these like little identical twins but we wanted to keep it kind of claustrophobic 
then you don't know what it is that you're not seeing, like what's outside of the frame. Um, and also there's something so great about close-ups where you're just, when you have a close-up on an actor's face, you're really completely reading their reaction, even like the most like minute facial expression. Really getting tight shots of Lily and of the boys, they just express so much. Like when she looks over her shoulder into the closet, that's how you read the fear gasps and like big emotions like that is these really small moments that read so much better in a close-up and i was looking at this lookbook that you guys have for the film and i know you guys mentioned you know using practicals and choosing colors and whatnot can you tell us a little bit more about this lookbook and if you share these images ahead of time and i mean i think when we made the lookbook initially ani and i have worked together so much at this point that i feel like we don't barely talk when we're on set and it's, people are like what like what's happening but we just we don't really need to communicate verbally as much so by making something like this we're able to share it with our crew and the cast and like the boys got to see it before we shot and it sort of helps other people understand I think where we're going more so than it is for us and and in digging in through images it's like this is basically how we sort of come up with the look of the film, and we just put it together and then find our own sort of spin on these images without you know, copying them completely from the source material. Yeah, I think a lot of the times when people read a script, they're imagining in their head what it's gonna look like, and having a lookbook just gets everybody on the same page in a really direct way. Yeah, especially with horror films. I feel like, yeah, people can imagine so many different things when it comes to horror that I mean, if you look at our lookbook, the images themselves of the bedroom aren't scary or threatening looking. It's more just like a natural bedroom environment and, and using sort of like angles um, and sort of the framing of them that makes them sort of feel off in a certain way. And that's kind of the look that we wanted to go for. When you talk about you've worked together so much that you don't even hardly need to, that you don't talk to them that much. That's really interesting. And I know you guys worked together on a feature before this, and that was your first feature. Is that sort of what bonded your communication? And, and then what was it like moving from feature back to something short? And this is very short, you know, three minutes or so. How does it compare working on something this short? I mean, we started working together in film school. Ani was actually there as a cinematography student. And so somehow we ended up as like a team. She would DP and I would AC or vice versa. And so we got used to working with each other with a camera. And then Ani made the leap to directing. I which, came out of the closet. <laughs> <laughs> which was a great shift because it meant we could actually work together in like a more logical way rather than two DPs trying to work together a lot. I mean, and that was six years ago. And then the feature we shot a year and a half after we left film school. Yeah, so we were in film school together for a year in Prague, and then we moved to New York, where I'd been working in film before that, and we started our production company, Bicephaly Pictures, which is, um, Bicephaly is the medical term for two-headed, so that's really where it all started. <laughs> oh, I see. And then um, we were doing a lot of music videos, a lot of commercials, branded content, and then... A year and a half into that, we made our first feature, Days of Grey, which we shot in Iceland, which was another kind of like, I wrote and directed it, and Kaylin shot it, and we both produced it, and it was very much like our first child, and then 
and then we we've since gone back to our bread and butter, which is at this point a lot of branded content and web series, and you know, kind of like day to day as commercials. And then we've been working on this next feature, and so shorts. I mean, the the bureau's short in particular, and then we're also in post on another short uh, through a grant that we got uh, with Fandor, and. There's something really nice about flexing your narrative muscles. 90% of the shorts that we do are for a brand or for a company, and the messaging is always kind of this underlying, like, to promote a product. And there's something so great about making a narrative short where you're really just trying to tell a story for the sake of the story, and there's no other incentive beyond that. And so getting the grant from the Bureau was a really great way for us to get back into that narrative mindset without doing another feature quite yet <laughs> so it's good yeah and so I mean the short form as a form in film is what we do more than features even keeping things very brief is what we do day to day yeah I mean you know brevity I mean it fits sleep tight really well and possibly brevity is conducive to exactly what we've been talking about in this whole thing you know if you're trying to conjure the imagination, it doesn't have to be in horror, but in horror especially, you're, so maybe brevity plays into this particular film really well. Yeah, there's not a lot to sort of convey leading up to this. Like, it's, it's all familiar territory. It's kids going to bed. They're scared of the dark. Like, it's, everybody kind of gets it pretty quickly. And so we're able to accomplish a lot in a short amount of time. And it's hard to make a short. I think, you know, the best shorts have that kind of final twist at the end, and it makes it so much harder. It's like, you know, telling a really good joke, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, you just really, the punchline is everything, and so it's, it's a fun exercise, and it, and it definitely felt like a balancing act, both writing it and making it in, in the edit. Yeah, was there like a, did you set to yourselves like a time limit? You were like, it's, it's got to be this long or this short. I mean, how did that change over the course of the edit? I mean, the script itself was like a page and a third. It was very short. We honestly, I think, expected the short to be even shorter, shorter. than it turned out to be. <laughs> and we cut out some shots that yeah. we really went into this thinking everything that we shot is going to be in the final film and our shooting ratio is going to be like <laughs> one to one. And then we even managed to trim some of that out. So, And despite all of that, it's still three and a half minutes. I think we realized, too, that you need to, like, let things breathe a little bit and sit, and, and that sort of, like, stillness sort of helps when things do get scary. Like, you can't just be, like, really fast-paced and then, like, quick throw a scare in, and it's, it's way less nerve-wracking when that happens. You kind of let it breathe. Yeah, the buildup is everything. What do you guys think, I mean, would you, after making Sleep Tight, is that something that you would make into a feature, or does it exist purely as a short, and would you work in horror, would you make something scary again? I think Sleep Tight is, is we feel totally satisfied with how it is as a short. I think we, we feel like we told the story that we wanted to tell. We did, however, really get into the horror world, and would love to someday make a you know, sort of a more psychological horror feature. So that's definitely something that's on yeah. our brain. I've been trying <laughs> to slowly convince Ani that she needs to do a horror film because they're just there's so much you can do visually in a horror film that you can't do in a straight narrative because it's 
it like puts more of the psychology on screen a lot of the time. And I've been wanting to do one, and this one may have convinced her to do a, a, a longer form horror at some point. And I think a lot of current things in the world are inherently very scary, which is for a different podcast. And I think they're not being exploited <laughs> yeah. enough in film. Real life yeah, is scarier yeah. than monsters it's sometimes. It's a terrifying time to be alive. <laughs> so there's a lot of material. What's interesting about you know, a horror film that takes those fears and puts them on screen or eludes them on screen. Like, what's worthwhile about that in terms of the fact that we, we live in a scary world and horror films bring us that fear? Like, what's interesting about that? Yeah, I mean, I think as any movie, but I think horror specifically is about this catharsis of, like, you're, you're actually seeing your scary thoughts that live in your brain represented on screen, and it gives it a tangible form that you can then mm-hmm. face in a slightly more real way, but within this very kind of like safe, confined, controlled environment. I think there is something interesting about like, you know, like The Shining or Rosemary's Baby, like, you know, these, these movies that are within the horror genre, but are really about psychological fears, just kind of stays with you and becomes kind of this like timeless, primal fear. It's fun to scare people. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and it's and it's fun to to make something that's like so clearly within a genre and that has like very specific rules and a very specific audience and a, and a really it's like getting like a coloring book and you're it's like you really have to like paint within the lines and there's something kind of weirdly freeing about that too. That's interesting as opposed to just whatever you want to make where there could be any possibility any rules. You guys kind of already touched on this about how, you know, you cut your teeth on so many different film commercial stuff and shorts and just getting a chance to make a short that uh, where you flex your narrative muscles. I mean, what do you see as sort of the value of, of shorts, of, of the form, and to you in particular in, this, in, in, our, in our whole industry that we're all trying to be members of? I think it is just getting to, like, experiment on something without the added pressure of it's going to be a hour and a half long film like it's hard to take a chance on something that's going to take so much time and so many people but shorts especially something like this that's that's within a really small sort of like budget range and like very limited resources it's it's nice to just take what you have at your disposal and to use that and and experiment with something new like we did with horror I think it's the best time to do that is a short yeah, and I think there is something about, like, we, I mean, we have a lot of challenges that we face with our client work, but it's not, it's just a very different set of challenges. And I think being able to take a risk on a short feels like the safest possible risk you can take, you know, rather than kind of, like, lemming-like throwing yourself off the feature film cliff. It was a cool way to take a little bit of money, take our friends, you know, and like the, the people that we love to collaborate with and be like, you know, let's make something really fun that's really ours. We had never shot with the Black Magic camera, which was loaned to us, and that was a fun test. It was it was nice to go into a situation feeling like we could play around with something and, you know, still kind of having that excitement of seeing if we if we c- can do it. It's the intersection of uh, trying out new tools and new ideas. Yeah. Without having to spend a few hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 
Well, thank you guys so much. It's been really interesting talking to you and getting inside your mind and understanding this whole horror territory that you've crossed into. I think you did a great job. And I'm really excited for people to watch Sleep Tight and to see if you guys dabble in horror after this, because I think it would be really interesting to see what you guys come up with. So that was Oakley Anderson Moore with Ani Simon Kennedy and Kaylin Yatsko talking about their new bureau short, Sleep Tight. We hope you enjoyed it. Um, If you want to see the film, you can head on over to the bureau and you can check out Sleep Tight. All you got to do is sign up and become an agent. Um, It's been really exciting seeing all the new people joining the bureau and supporting this project and supporting indie film. Also next month, our next premiering short film is a documentary by Alex Malice from Brooklyn Filmmakers Collective. He heads that up and also Intellect Films. And I wish he would shoot everything in 8mm forever and always. But he's not <laughs> shooting his bureau short in 8mm, but that's not, fine. Not to give Alex a hard time, because <laughs> all the filmmakers are encouraged to do whatever they want, any project that they want. Erica was sort of heartbroken that he did not make another 8mm film. She really, really likes those from Alex, but... Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'm excited about I mean, I've already seen the short that's coming out next month. Yeah, it's a cool subject. It's a very cool, yeah. Yeah, so we're, we're excited to show that to you in just a few weeks, actually. Yep. And until then... Be good to each other.